Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. Having a child with a nut allergy can be really stressful. Even though preschools and schools have rules to keep nuts out of the classroom, you never know when another child or parent might forget or your child might sample something they shouldn't. But new research from the Murdoch Children's Institute has found a very effective way to reduce or even eliminate peanut allergies in children. Mimi Tang is the group leader of allergy immunology at Murdoch Children's Institute. Hi, Mimi. How are you? Hello. And Kate Lawler is a mother of a son whose name is Declan. He's nine and he is now in remission from a peanut allergy. Hello, Kate. Hello, Siobhan. Mimi, what does this treatment involve? How does it work? So the treatment is an oral immunotherapy, which basically means we feed children that are allergic to peanut, small amounts of peanut, and then gradually build that up to a higher dose. So it really involves taking a bit of peanut every day that's very carefully measured. So the dose is very important here. We start at tiny, tiny doses, around about a thousand for the peanut actually, and then we build it up. The child takes a dose every day, but returns to the clinic every two weeks to have the dose increased. When they get to the top dose, they continue on that daily treatment for a total of 18 months. Okay. And what ages do you treat? Yeah. So the study that we just finished was in children aged one to 10 years. Um, Ultimately, of course, we're hoping that we can offer this treatment to all children all the way through to 18 and possibly even adults, but that's way, way in the future. Our focus in the first instance is to get it to children. So Kate, um, Declan is nine. He had a peanut allergy. Were you nervous at all at trying an approach like this that even though Mimi says it's, you know, very, very small amounts of peanuts to begin with, if it was an allergy you've, you'd been living with, I'm, I'm wondering how you felt about this particular treatment. Well, in, interestingly, I think maybe heading into it before we knew exactly um, what the setup would be, there was a bit of anxiety there around how Declan would cope with that and, and being only four and being in the hospital environment and, and having a food that he not knew that he would react to. But uh, interestingly, when we got there, the nursing staff and the medical staff were so incredible. There were so many precautions taken to make sure that the children were supported, um, that they were monitoring so closely for the, just the slightest change in, you know, hives or itchy eyes or sneezes. There was a cannula inserted so that if uh, when they do a challenge so they give you increasing amounts of peanuts to see at what point your child reacts but you know that they're there watching so so closely that you feel very reassured. And was Declan's allergy severe? I know that peanut allergies in particular can have quite severe reactions. 
Well, we don't really know because he had his first reaction and immediately after that first reaction, we got into the allergist, Dr. Dean Tay, to see him and we got into the trial immediately. So we were very, very lucky in that Declan had only had one occasion of reacting to peanuts and then we were able to control that he had no exposure prior to the trial starting. Mimi, was that a fair call that some peanut allergies do have really severe reactions? Yeah, so peanut allergy does cut across the full range of severity, but you raise an important point here. So, you know, a mild reaction might just involve hives, swelling of the face, lips, eyes and vomiting. But to a parent, that doesn't seem mild, right? So in front of your eyes, your child's face puffs up. That's pretty scary. A more serious reaction would be difficulty breathing, the child might look pale and floppy because the circulation's involved. And that is a very serious reaction because now we're, act, you know, you are seeing a life-threatening reaction. So it's correct that peanut allergy can lead to a range of reactions and children with peanut allergy have a very broad spread in the level of sensitivity. So some kids are reacting to less than one peanut other kids can actually tolerate you know four peanuts before they have a reaction but they are all allergic now the point i want to make here is that all children with peanut allergy whether they have you know they're very sensitive to less than one peanut or able to take four peanuts before they have a reaction all of these children still have to live with the significant burden of avoiding peanuts every single day and what we now understand is that children with peanut allergy have a severe reduction in quality of life as do all children with food allergy i shouldn't just limit it to peanut but the point i was about to say was these um, children who have food allergies suffer a very reduced quality of life and we now understand this relates to two key elements the first is that you have substantial lifestyle restrictions involved when you're trying to avoid your allergen all the time. And that's not just for the child, but also for the family. Secondly, it's that unpredictability of when you perhaps fail at avoiding it. And so, you know, it's that accidental exposure, not knowing when that's going to happen and not knowing how severe the reaction will be, because we know that the more you eat of something, the, the more severe the reaction can be as well. So, you know, these two elements lead to very poor quality of life. And that is for all children with peanut allergy, whether they have only had a mild reaction in the past or have had anaphylaxis, whether they're reacting to small amounts or larger amounts. And this was a unique aspect of the study that we just completed because our study is actually one of the first to include children across the full range of peanut allergy levels. So children who are less sensitive as well as more sensitive. And our population of children, we have shown um, almost identically replicates the general population of children with peanut allergy. So what we found is that there's a treatment that works for all children with peanut allergy and uh, leads to very significant improvement in quality of life for all children. Now, Kate said that Declan uh, was able to participating in this research from about four years of age. He's now nine and in remission. 
Is there a sweet spot in terms of uh, when you should be, when you could be applying this treatment to help reduce or eliminate peanut allergy? Yes, there's increasing evidence that the earlier you start, um, the more likely you are to achieve that sought-after remission outcome for the, the child, the patient. So, you know, it hasn't, it's difficult because there aren't a lot of studies that have actually looked at this very specific question by comparing rates in the two groups. But many studies have been done in younger children that show slightly higher rates and then in older children that show lower rates. In our studies, because we um, include children aged all the way from one through to 10, we have been able to look carefully at whether rates in the one to five-year-old group, for example, are different to those who are six to 10 years of age. And our data would suggest that there is a higher chance of getting to that remission endpoint if you start in the first one to five years of life. And that, you know, that seems sensible anyway, right? If you have a child and you're thinking of enrolling them in school soon because they're three, wouldn't it be wonderful? if they were able to get to remission before they started school, then they don't have to go to school with the burden of avoiding peanuts and potentially bringing you know, along all the barriers with school plays, play dates that come with still having to live uh, with a peanut allergy where you're avoiding it every day. Does that have any implication on whether pregnant women should be eating these foods that have been shown to be more um, causing more allergies in young children? Such a great question. Um, this has been something people have looked at very closely and there's no evidence that avoiding a mum avoiding an allergen reduces the chances of her child developing allergy to that particular allergen. And in fact, um, most guidelines actively say there's no need to avoid any allergens whilst you're pregnant. We encourage here in Australia, we encourage mums to have a healthy, broad diet that includes all foods, including the allergenic foods. And in particular, we recommend serve, you know, several serves of fish, which contain good fish oils whilst you're pregnant each week, because there is some evidence that taking these beneficial fish oils is associated with a reduced likelihood of your child developing a food allergy. Kate, what kind of difference has it made for Declan being in remission from peanut allergy? Well, I think Mimi sort of nailed it when she talked about these lifestyle restrictions, I think, uh, and the, uh, the quality of life impact that it has had. There was a lot of anxiety from Declan, but actually more so his older sister around feeling like she needed to keep him safe, that he could have a reaction that could be a, a pretty a severe reaction at any point in time. And so she was very, very anxious about him leaving the house and I had to teach them both how to use an EpiPen um, and he was four at the time and she was eight. So the fact that he can now leave the house and he has no concern about a potential reaction and his sister has no concern and no uh, worry about him is a huge change for us. Um, everyone feels a lot more comfortable about, about our day-to-day -day comings and goings around the house. And the other big change is, you know, not having to be always on your toes, you know, at a supermarket because and Mimi might, she'll be able to comment 
on this, but sometimes a packaging will say that there are traces of peanuts and then it'll change a couple of months later or, or a food will say that it doesn't have traces and then all of a sudden the laws change or the, where the food is produced changes and all of a sudden there are traces of peanuts in the food. So you actually have to be on your toes all the time and I don't have to worry about that anymore, which is fabulous. And Kate, I had a question for you because also some some patients that I see have said to me, you know, they really are reluctant to go to restaurants, for example, or they're reluctant to, to travel to Asia because of the possibility or increased likelihood that they might get exposed to peanut. And I was just wondering if that's affected your family as well and Declan. Well, it, it did. And interestingly, um, I, I remember the first time we, we thought about that was when Declan had his initial reaction to peanuts, we were actually on holiday and we were in a, in a seaside town in southern New South Wales and it was a public holiday and there was no chemist and no medical facility open and the nearest emergency department was an hour away. And I remember Dean saying to me when we got back, you, you as a family need to seriously consider where you holiday. Going somewhere where there's no medical care is something that you need to think very, very carefully about and you'll need to carry the EpiPens with you wherever you go and you might need several with you in case you have to use them more than once. Um, so as a family, we thought, oh my goodness, that might be the last time we do a remote trip. Kate, Mimi, one of you I'm sure will be able to answer this. What does it mean that Declan is in remission? Because uh, that word to me means that his allergy could potentially come back. I think it is important, you know, to understand that clinical remission isn't necessarily a permanent removal of the allergy. And that's one of the reasons this term remission is being used by um, specialists in the field and researchers looking into food allergy treatments. It's to acknowledge that what it shows is right now there's no evidence of peanut allergy in Declan. And what we do to test for remission is we put the child through a standard diagnostic food challenge. So in our study, we performed a food challenge to 5,000 milligrams of peanut protein, which is about a bag of M&Ms. So that's roughly a standard serve. Now, if the child is able to pass that challenge without any reaction at all, eight weeks after stopping treatment, we are pretty you know, confident that right at this moment, there's no evidence of clinical peanut allergy. What I believe as an immunologist, understanding the immune mechanisms behind allergy, what I believe is happening is that over the course of the 18 months of treatment, we have actually been able to redirect the immune response, reprogram it away from the allergy response to peanut from before and towards a more tolerance-like response. But this shift obviously is in its early stages and the immune system is still learning about this new way of responding to peanut. And much like the COVID vaccine that we've heard so much about, it probably helps to have a booster exposure in order to reinforce the immune response in this new direction. And so that's why we like testing for remission, say, at eight weeks because then we can get the peanut introduced into the diet fairly early and that will help in, I believe, it will help to consolidate and reinforce that new tolerance-like response. And over the course of time, we anticipate that, you know, as 
remission persists for longer and longer, we, we could retest, for example, the presence of clinical remission by stopping peanut intake for another eight week period, a year or two down the line, and showing that there's still no evidence of clinical allergy after there's no peanut intake for eight weeks, let's say. If you can show that this remission state persists years after you've stopped treatment, I think the further away you get from treatment, the more confidence you might have that it is actually going to stay in the long term. So the, the it's very important for parents to understand that remission is something that could change, could be lost over time. We know this worked for Declan. How successful were your statistics in terms of this as a treatment for allergies? Mm. So in our clinical trial, we showed that 51% of children who were treated with the oral immunotherapy on its own and 46% of children who received the combination probiotic together with peanut oral immunotherapy achieved this remission outcome. And uh, importantly, on top of that, an additional quarter of patients who received either of those treatments were desensitized to a standard serve. So these children were protected and passed the food challenge when they stopped treatment immediately after stopping treatment. But when we then came and retested them eight weeks later, they had lost that protection. And what we know is that reflects a desensitization situation where the underlying allergy is still there, but we've been able to dampen the allergic response and allow the child to tolerate more peanut before they have a reaction. We refer to that as desensitization. So really, if you want to look at the data in, in a different way, you could say three quarters of children were actually protected to a very large amount of peanut. They all passed the challenge at the end of treatment. And then half of the children that received treatment actually got to a remission endpoint and could stop treatment and eat peanut freely. So um, with such great results, how accessible is this treatment to the general public, I guess? At this time, it's still in an investigational stage. So we've completed a pretty large 200 patient phase two study for any drug treatment to become available in the clinic setting to the general population, it necessarily has to go through checks and balances to make sure, one, it's actually effective in a very large study. And I would anticipate for this treatment, it would involve 500 plus 600 patients. And secondly, that it's actually safe to administer. And then it has to be, I think, regulated so that Doctors who administer it know exactly how to do that. You know, we talked about how difficult it is for kids to suddenly start eating peanut when they've been avoiding it, for parents who are anxious waiting to see what happens. And Kate explained how well supported she felt by the team that was around her at the time. So that's a very important part of the therapy, right? So to have all that, I think it's very important to have a regulated um, therapy where any doctor can pick up the pack and know exactly how to administer it, all the safeguards that have to be put in place and that it's only done by experienced doctors. So this regulatory approval process does take time. And whilst uh, COVID vaccination did allow us to see this shrink, the typical 
time frame is actually usually 10 years plus. In our case, because we're already partway along that journey, I would say within, you know, the next five to 10 years, more likely five to seven years, we might be able to see a therapy that's available. Well, it does sound very positive. Mimi, Kate, thank you both for speaking with me today. Thank you. Thanks, Siobhan. That's Mimi Tang. She's the group leader of Allergy Immunology at Murdoch Children's Institute. And Kate Lawler, whose son Declan is now in remission from his peanut allergy. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.